You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Psalm 119, we, we just want to consider one verse in uh, the 119th Psalm, which is the uh, largest chapter in the Bible, right? So consider verse 104. Psalm is decreed through your precepts. I get understanding. And notice his conclusion based upon him getting understanding from God's precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Based upon the text. My subject this morning is simply a righteous reason to hate. A righteous reason to hate. And we're going to give our God another clap before we go further. I want to give you three definitions of uh, righteous. When you're righteous, it first says about you that you're true. You're genuine and committed. Don't have to worry about you faking it. Don't have to worry about you playing games. You know, because when it comes to certain things, I, I don't know how you feel. I, I, I just don't like to play no games. Let's just be righteous. Put the truth on the table. Don't be trying to skirt around. Let's just... Be real about this. Just be true. You know, don't try to make it seem one way when it's. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you can discern when somebody is not being true. You you can tell when they're not being true. Second definition of uh, righteous is that you, uh, you're wise. You have to be wise in order to, to be righteous. Because being righteous says that you're hooked to God. Yeah. And 
wisdom equates knowledge and understanding. I know some stuff because I'm righteous. Yeah. Being righteous says I know not to do wrong. I have morals. I know what to choose and what not to choose. I'm wise. And I have understanding. I, I can grasp certain things. So even though you may try to dupe me or get over on me, because of my understanding, because I'm able to grasp certain things, it's just not going to happen. Or if it does happen, watch out. Because I'm going to come back with something. Of course, whatever I come back with is going to be right. Because I am righteous. Final definition of righteous is to be just. Which is basically a biblical and godly definition of righteous. When I'm just, it says about me that I'm living the life that God chose for his children to live. Habakkuk, Romans, Hebrews, all those particular books tells us that when it comes to God's people, they are just, and just folks should live by faith. And we know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But if I am just and live by faith, I also don't walk by senses. And what that basically means is I do not put my senses first. I don't allow my feelings to come before God. I don't allow what I see to come before God. I stick to what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. I walk by faith instead of sight. But then I also have to get in line with Hebrews 11 and 1, which tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. And, and it goes on to say that the elders obtain a good testimony because of faith. So a righteous person is a person that is true, wise, and just. I said a righteous person is someone that is true, wise, and just. That we need to also consider that when it comes to our God, our God is righteous. Because there are some gods that folks are serving that are not righteous. The devil is a god. But the enemy is an unrighteous god. 
Jesus in John 8 and 44 called him a liar. But I want you to consider, again, that our God is righteous. How can the devil be a God? Because folks serve him. And whoever you serve, whether it's a person or a thing, that's your God. Go with me to Psalm 11. Our God is righteous. Keep that in mind. Psalm 11. Verse 7. For the Lord is righteous. The Lord is true. You agree with that? Wise and just. He's not going to tell us to be just and he's not just. Jesus is just. That's the reason he told us to follow him because he is just. Paul understood it and said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 to the church, imitate me as I also imitate Christ who equates God. But notice again, for the Lord is righteous. Goes on to say he loves righteousness. His countenance or his presence beholds the upright. He loves righteousness. So when I'm doing right, God loves me. Now consider Psalm 11 and 5. The Lord tests the righteous. Now, he loves righteousness. He loves the righteous, but, but he has to test the righteous. He allows us to go through trouble, trials, tribulations. He allows us to be examined not so he can see where we are, but to show us where we are. Because you have some folks that, that are taught good game. But when certain things happen, you'll find out that what's coming out of their mouth is not true. Is not right. And so he tests us in order for us to, to see ourselves. And when it comes to a test, you're either going to pass it or fail it. That's the bottom line. You're going to pass it or fail it. And some of us have failed the God test before. I said some of us, if not all of us, have, have failed the God test before. Whoo, kind of quiet. Just ask somebody, have, have you been tested by God? And failed the test. He took you down a path of trouble. And in the midst of trouble, you got to say something you didn't have no been to say. 
You got to think in something you didn't have no business thinking. Doing something you didn't have no business doing. You fail the test. You told everybody that you were 100 when it came to doing this, that, and the other. But when all was said and done, you were 10%. You fail the test. And, and, and understand this, according to the scripture, everybody in here that's righteous, you're going to be tested. A test is going to come. And if you've been in God uh, uh, for a number of years, you have the understanding that he's going to send more than one test your way. And sometimes if, if you fail the test, God will turn around and send that same test. And if you keep failing the same test over and over and over and over again, you just fake. Especially when you don't been taught how to pass the test and you just keep failing the test. You fake. You pseudo. You ain't right. Y'all said earlier you love the pastor, so keep that love in your heart as I teach. Keep that love in your heart as I teach. See, see, if, if God knows you got a bad attitude when it comes to dealing with folk, and, and so certain situations happen that see how you're going to react to what folks say or do and you keep doing the same dumb stuff over and over again. You failing a test. And see if you keep failing that same test that says you're not legit. I'm legit. Well, no, because you won't do what God tell you to do. He told you to, to hush, but you won't hush. <laughs> he allowed the same situation to come up, and you run your mouth, and he, and he told you, just hush, be quiet. <laughs> or it could be every Sunday you rob God. He allowed you to get in a tight situation to see if you're going to do right with his money. But you fail every Sunday, and I always say, well, God knows my heart. I want, no, no, God told you to give so it'll be given unto you. Don't be trying to pull your heart in here and tell my God knows your heart. You just fell in the test. And that means you're not legit. He will allow tests to come. He, he, will, he will allow stuff to come to your mind to, to see if, if you will allow it to stay in your mind or get rid of it. And if you allow some of the same stuff to stay in your mind that you should allow to stay there, you're failing the test. And therefore, you're not righteous. He test the righteous. 
And now some of us in here, we be going, we've been going through the same test again and again. Some of us, God, been trying his best to, to make you stop being slowful, but you still slowful. I always got an excuse for being slowful. I would have did it, but come on. Now, that's, that's always you. I always get mad. I wouldn't have got mad if they wouldn't have said so. But you always do that. And some folk fail the test and then try to push it up under the rug as the old saying go. But no, we got to pass the test so we can get to those higher heights and deeper depths in God. Now, when it comes to God's righteousness, it's revealed according to Romans 1 and 17. It says the righteousness of God is revealed. But it's revealed, get this, from faith to faith. And the reason he allows his righteousness to be revealed from faith to faith, according to Romans 1 and 17, is for the just or righteous folks to live by. When you live by faith, you're going to pass the test. And you have to understand that living by faith is a spiritual principle. But we have within our being a makeup flesh. And I'm not just talking flesh from a physical standpoint. I'm talking flesh from the from. The standpoint of that which is carnal or ungodly. Paul said every time I would do good or do what's right, evil is present. If I'm going to pass the test, I, I got to recognize that, that there is a part of my makeup that don't want to do the right thing. <laughs> And everybody in here with, with your pretty, handsome, nice self. Notice I gave you some compliments. Has something within that tries to stop you from doing the right thing. I said that there is something within that tries to stop us from doing the right thing. Woo, let me break it down. There is something within that, that's constantly trying to keep you from passing the test. That thing that it was within you makes it it's business to stop you from passing the test. 
So how do I deal with it? You got to put your flesh under subjection. You have to make a choice not to obey what unrighteousness is telling you to do. You have to choose to do the right thing. How many are with me? And so it's important to understand again when it comes to being righteous, it means that we are true, wise, and and it takes something to be righteous because you got a battle within that's trying to keep you from doing the right thing. And, and, you, and you can sense that thing when it's trying to keep you from doing the right thing. Somebody can just say something to you and all of a sudden you're ready to bite, bite their head off as the old saying goes. Why? Because of that thing in you that's trying to keep you in unrighteousness. Now, let me give you, give you some definitions, or one definition uh, specifically of reason. Remember the subject, a righteous reason to hate. A reason is an explanation and justification to think, talk, and do the right thing. You have to have an explanation and a justification for thinking a certain way talking a certain way and acting a certain way. Your reason should be based upon God's word. The reason I ain't gonna curse you out. Is because of what God said in his word. He told me to be holy. And I know if I cuss you out. I ain't being holy. The reason I'm going to lead. My family. As a man. Is because that's what God instructed me to do. In Ephesians 5. Your wife may want you to be a wimp. A flunky. May try to treat you like that. Because women will test you. Go ahead and get mad at me, women, but remember earlier you said you love me. <laughs> They'll test you. See, you have to understand something. That's what messed Adam up, his wife. We can't blame what happened to Adam on, on the devil. It was his fault ultimately, but, but he should have stood his ground being a man. Well, I believe what 
the Obamas said is a marriage equality. Well, I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible. See, you, you have to understand that, that the enemy will use whoever to cause you to be unrighteous. And so you don't have to argue about being what you need to be. You just need to have a reason for being what you need to be. I've had folks tell me, look, as a pastor, you should be like such and such and such. No, I don't need to be like such and such. I need to be like God told me to be in Scripture. Well, why are you always doing such? Because according to such and such, you have to have your reason, but it needs to be based upon the word. And if folk get offended, so be it. You stand on what does saith God. Because in this walk, if, when you stand on truth, you're going to have just as many enemies as friends. Or maybe more. It just depends. Everybody didn't love God or Jesus on earth. You, you read scripture, everybody didn't love him. If folk wanted him dead, get this, because of what he taught, what he stood for, because he would tell folk the truth. I don't understand how come they don't like me. I'm in church trying to do right. That's the problem. It's the problem. Jesus, Jesus, uh, well, John revealed in John 1, 14, when he talked about uh, God, he started off talking about in the beginning was the word and the word with God and the word was God. Then he talked about and the word became flesh. But then he got into talking about that how Jesus came to redeem man, but they love darkness more than the light. Or when you break it down, they love wrong more than they loved him. You can't, you can't love nothing or nobody more than you love God. Because folk will try to make you feel guilty about doing right. That's the reason you have to have a reason why you do what you do. It's just like I told a person, I said, look, you ain't got no business getting mad and just cursing out. Such and such, well, ain't none of us perfect. Uh Brother, come on now. That ain't ain't based on no Bible. What you saying? If you curse somebody out, you just wrong. <laughs> Ain't no need to trying to fight that. Just, just say, look, you're right. I need to repent and do the right thing. That never, I, I never heard that. Just felt okay about doing the wrong thing.
Y'all all right? Yes. You got to have... You, you got to have in your being reasons why you think the way you think. Why you say what you say. And why you do what you do. If you don't have reasons, folk can move you. It, it's certain things folk can do. If, if you ain't got embedded in you a reason why you won't move just because they're saying something, you are moved. They'll move you from your set place. Why you won't just look at the results and go ahead and admit that such and such? I can't because God told me to walk by his word and not by what I see. Say to your neighbor, you have to have a reason embedded in you that becomes a part of your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. And let, let me just say this as I move on. There are reasons for you to hate. There are reasons for you to hate. Yeah. <laughs> reasons for you to and, 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 and one of the primary reasons is because God hates certain things. Matter of fact, God hates a number of things if you read the Bible. But, but I love how, how uh, Solomon broke down six things that God hates. In Proverbs 6. So let's go there for a minute. Y'all stay with me. Some of y'all just as mouse quiet as they say. Oh, that must. Proverbs 6, we'll start at verse 16. Solomon said, These six things the Lord hates. Oh, that must. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. First, proud look. Thank you better than folk. Nasty attitude. A lying tongue. Folk a lot of your face now. With a straight face. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among.
brethren. It's just like teaching like this. I'm, I'm trying to do it to help people. But folk are, go to eat this evening. And express how mad they are because of the teaching. And try to make folks think that look. Such and such and such, such just ain't. That's the reason I'm glad God blessed me to be able to break scripture down. So you can understand. And, and if somebody ends up trying to convince you otherwise. You just that person's fool. You understand what I'm saying? But notice God hates certain things. And, and you know when you hate something, that means you dislike it. You dislike it. You have great or intense dislike for something. And in, in certain cases, somebody. I need to show you something. Go with me to Romans 9. Now, I'm not going to deal with this in detail. I just, I'm just going now for you to see this because it's important for you to see it. But we see that there are certain things that God hates. But notice Romans 9. Verse 13. Paul references what was said in reference to what God said as it is written Jacob I have loved but Esau I've hated why in the word that God loved Jacob but hate Esau when you understand in the book of Genesis, when it talks about uh, Esau and Jacob, and you recognize the character of Jacob versus Esau, you'll see why. See, see one thing about Jacob, Jacob would low down. When we first hear about Jacob, he, he would low down, trying to steal something that wasn't his, just low down. But, but the thing about Jacob is Jacob was, was kind of like some of us. Jacob was low down like, like you used to be. You, you, well, we, let's just put it on the table. How many of you used to be low down? Well, whorish, that's low down. Right? Trying to get over on folk, that's low down. And just a lot of stuff just low down that we, we used to do. I was very low down and some of you were very low down. So don't you point your finger at me. But see, the thing about it, when, when, when Jacob, when God dealt with Jacob and Jacob understood, I'm at the will of God. Jacob did a principle that later on came into being in the New Testament. He repented. He turned from his unrighteousness to the righteousness of God. And then, you know, he had a, a bunch of children. 
he started raising his children to do likewise. He married a woman for the wrong reason. And didn't pay attention to the up, because back then they could have more than one wife. Didn't pay attention to his other wife. And so, but, but before all was said and done, he corrected all of that. He repented. Just like some of us. You were low down, but you no longer low down. We got to give you a hand of praise. You, you, you done changed your life. Just like Jacob. But see, Esau, Esau wouldn't change. E Esau would, would have good moments, but he just wasn't right. And you have folk in church that have good moments. But when a test call is shown, you just ain't right. Because you keep doing the same stuff over and over again. And so God said, look, Jacob I love because he repented. Esau, I hate, I dislike intentionally because he won't repent even though he knows Oh, that mercy. That's tough for some of us to swap. But it's Bible. This ain't walk around here. This is just Bible. It, it's just like religious folk had a hard problem with Paul. When Paul had been out there killing, beating up folk. But then when Paul heard the word, when Paul repented, it was genuine. But he still had folks. That wouldn't eat because they wanted him dead. Vowed that I ain't gonna eat until he dead. They hated him that much. But get this, these folk was was supposed to be right. Y'all better start reading your Bible. Now you better get off Facebook and start reading your Bible slowly. That Bible, right? See, I, I know some of us ain't reading because some stuff I bring up, you be like. As if to say, is that in now? And see, I can't take you to every scripture. But you ought to know your pastor by now if I put something on the table. It's going to be in there. And so, and so you even get to the point to where you dislike things, situations, and people because of their character. Yeah, women can testify. You've been trying to love this man, but he just keep hitting you. 
Then he say, I ain't going to do it no more. Two weeks later, he done beat you down. I love him anyway. No, you don't love him anyway unless you're crazy. You got to hate him. Because of what he has done to you. You have to dislike him intensely because he is not respecting you as a lady. Now, if he done beat you four, and five, four or five times and you keep going back, you stupid. You, you are infatuated with somebody you should be hating. And folk will leave here with this, not understand. Preach over there teaching, walk over there teaching folk to hate. No, I ain't. Fix it right now. I'm teaching folks a righteous reason to hate. You don't hate just to hate. You have to have a righteous reason. A real, legit reason to hate. You understand what I'm saying? And so, we have to understand that, that there are just certain times we need to hate. I know a certain time you look, well, let's just forgive and let's just hug it. Let's hug it out. No, we ain't, there ain't no time to hug. Not right now. This, this ain't no hugging moment right here. This is a hate moment right here. Walker ain't smiling either. <laughs> Is he trying not to smile? Go with me to Ecclesiastes. I'm going to show you something. Y'all hold on. Lord have mercy. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, which is right next to uh, Proverbs, right? Third chapter. I'm going to read two verses, verse 1 and verse 8. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 8. Time to love. Time to hate. It's a time to tell somebody you can't stand what they're doing. You're wrong, and I want you to know you're wrong. <laughs> you're low down, and I want you to know you're low down. You ain't no preacher. Well, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel, but you're still low down. <laughs> it's a time to express your hate. Now, don't get in the flesh. Keep it righteous, but, but you express your, your hate. Because it's a righteous hate. Well, Pastor says, all right, the hate, so I'm going over there and cuss her out. Now, Pastor didn't say that. 
Pastor said a righteous time, a reason to hate. He up there telling me I don't like I'm a child. Now you can take it how you want it. I'm just telling you because it's time to express how I hate what you do. Y'all all right. Let's go to uh, Psalm 97. I'm getting ready to close it. Lord have mercy. You can't stay with this long. Folk get upset. Now notice this. This is very important. Psalm 97 verse 10. You who love who? The Lord. So this ain't for everybody. You who love the Lord hate evil. You should hate your daughter that want to be a man. You should hate that spirit, that attitude of the traits that she manifests. You should hate yourself for talking about your brothers and sisters. In a way that's not right. You should hate. Yourself when you do in contrast to the will of God. You should have a list. Of things you hate about yourself. Seems like Pastor want to do some bashing. I ain't doing no bashing. That's probably why you're so quiet. You can't wait to get out get out of church. You go and talk about it. <laughs> quiet right now, but that quietness ain't gonna remain. I wasn't going to say nothing, y'all, but. So let me get, give you enough ammunition. You got to have a list about certain things you hate. There are certain things about myself I, I just hate. And I've been, I've been correcting some of the things that I hate about myself. Yeah. I think that's the reason Jesus said to his disciples, he said, look, if y'all going to come after me, there's one thing I need you to do. I need you to deny yourself. I need you to deny yourself. 
When you look in the mirror and find yourself doing something in contrast to God, you need, that needs to be put on your list. I hate myself because of this. Psychologists, psychiatrists will tell you, you need to love yourself, and you do. But there are certain things about yourself that you need to hate. Because you can't truly love yourself. Until you get a part of yourself out the way. You can try to act like you love yourself. But until you get certain things out of the way. You're not going to love yourself the way you need to love yourself. And so you have to be to the point to where you, you just. You, you know what I, I just got to make. A list because if I love God, I gotta hate evil. We still here in, in Psalm what 97. So if I love the Lord, He done told me to hate evil. So that needs to start with myself. If there's some evil going on with me, I need to hate it. Man, I get mad too quick. I got, whoo, I got to get that right. I hate I get mad. I hate I just cussed her out. But if you don't cuss out, I told her. <laughs> uh, uh, if you say something to somebody and, and it was wrong and you don't apologize. is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness but the Bible also said because you got to rightly divide the word if you don't forgive your brother neither will God forgive you so you want all this forgiveness but you are not being forgiving and then you got some folk that, that will never say they wrong Won't never say they wrong. But you can point and say somebody else wrong. Boy, they're tight right here. It's tight. Yes, it is. Look at this verse. I got to move on. Look at this. You who love the Lord hate what? Let's go back to the text. Let's go back to Psalm 119 and 104. And consider what the psalmist said. He said when it comes to God's precepts, that's where you get his understanding. Y'all holding on. Literally, Precepts means that which is taught. That's the reason you, you, have, you have to make it your business not to listen to what everybody is putting on the table. 
If you don't like what I'm putting on the table, there's a lot of churches. When it comes to precepts, it's about what you're being taught. God just ordained for mankind, human beings, to be taught. Now, now you, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You can find preachers that will teach stuff exactly the way you want it to be taught. Paul even said, in the latter days, that they, they're going to look for teachers. Because they got itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want somebody to say it the way they want it to be said. I ain't going to say it the way you want it. I'm going to say it the way he wants it. So that's going to be your choice. Have done it for 30 years and going to keep doing the same thing. But you, you have to understand. You get understanding from what you are being taught. That's God's precepts. You are able to grasp how you should think, talk, and act in life based upon what you've been taught. But you have to take what God is, is giving you and apply it. Don't just come to church, just come to church. Because you know folk been doing stuff like that for years. Some of us used to do it and some of us probably still do it. You know it's true. Some folk come to church because that's where family go. That's the only reason. Well, my daughter over there, I'm going over there. That's the only reason. And that may be okay to start. But it shouldn't remain the reason you went to church. She want me to come, so I'm, I'm going to go over there. But then when you get and you hear and you understand that God is changing your life through his precepts. Then you should have the mindset that, well, my sister invited me over here. But God keeping me over Why? Because through his precepts, I'm getting some understanding. Man, I'm looking at things in ways I never looked at them. Man, all this time, I've, I, I've been a fool. But because of God's word, I'm no longer going to be a fool. I had to live a certain way. But now God done gave me the understanding that I don't have to live beneath my privilege. He want me to be the head, not the tail, to live above only and not beneath. You get understanding from God's word. You, your, your job won't be the same once you get understanding from God's word. You'll be working at the same place, but you'll be looking at everything completely different. Your family won't be the same once you get understanding. 
you'll start thinking like Jesus. Jesus was to the point where somebody, he was on a service one day teaching folk and folk showed up and said, hey, your family out there want you. And Jesus' mind said, well, who is my family? Who is your family? You don't know your family or Jesus? But Jesus' mindset had got to the point to where he was like, my family are those that's going to do God's will. Now that's a level to be on right there. A level to where you just going to do right no matter what. Because so, sometimes family make us do wrong. <laughs> I said sometimes family will make us do wrong. And some of us are still to the point to where you will do wrong for family's sake. I told you I was going to give you some ammunition. I'll go to your subject to talk about. But we have to get to that level to where it does not matter. We just going to do right. We going to put God first. We going to put him first. Should we love family? Yeah, God himself loved family. But not to the point to where we put him secondary. Paul so understood it, he said, do good to all men, but especially the household of faith. Especially the household of faith. Yeah, especially folks that's saved. You got an inheritance, you're going to give it to your, your brother, the drunk. Come on now. That ain't. Y'all ain't ready for that. I better go on. That's, that's tough, ain't it? Well, he is, my yeah, and he's going to drink all that up, too. You should have understanding now that you, you, can't, you can't even just give your children certain things. But that's my child, yeah, but your child ain't been doing. I talked about Esau and Jacob earlier. Do you know that God told Jacob to break a tradition in that he would, he would well, told Isaac to break a tradition in that he didn't want him to leave the firstborn rights to Esau but wanted them to go to Jacob. God told him to break that. See, you, see, when we get the mindset of God, we're just going to learn to put right before wrong. Whether it's in reference to a thing or a person. But he concludes here in Psalm 119, 104 by saying, because he gets understanding from God's precept, he hates Every false way. That means that, mean that he was to the point to where you could just bring no whole lot of foolishness to him. And when folks understand that you're not going to put up with a whole lot of foolishness, they ain't going to bring certain things to you. When they get this, hold on. 
when they find out you really mean it. See, some of us say we won't before. No, we ain't serious. But when you get serious and let folk know, look, I ain't going to do it if it ain't right. Folk will stop coming to you. Therefore, I hate every false way because of God's precepts. I got my last scripture. This is my last scripture. Y'all have been patient. Is it helping anybody? Is it stepping on anybody's toes? That's what it's supposed to do. Messages like this is designed to, to, to do that. Notice Psalm 111. Psalm 111. This is just so powerful. This verse right here is just powerful. Psalm 111 and 7. Ready? The works of hills are God's hands of verity and justice. All his precepts, notice, are sure. So the psalmist was getting understanding from that which was Guarantee. He was getting understanding from that which cannot fail. What no way it could fail. No way it could fail. And see, God is giving us the same thing. He, he's giving us his word which cannot fail. Jesus said it in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. Not what, I done, not what I've been teaching you is not going to fail. Even though folk would tell him constantly about his, his word. How can this be? How, how, how they? they didn't understand the revelation. God's precepts are sure. What you're being taught as it pertains to God's word will not Fail. And I'm going to stop right there.